Hello and welcome to episode 10 of the Right for Your Life podcast. Um, I am not joined by my co-host Mike Hurley today. He is lost somewhere in a forest of Apple products and uh, was unable to make his way back in time to record. But I am joined by Gary Smales from Bubble Cow. Uh, hello, Gary. Hi, Ian. Yeah, you can call me Mike if it makes it any better for you. It'll probably be a bit weird, but um, so I'll, I'll, I'll avoid that. We are oh, if it makes you feel more comfortable, I'll answer to Mike. I don't mind. <laughs> we have become close over the previous nine episodes, but not not quite that close yet. At least, I, <laughs> at least I think so. Unless there's something that he's telling people that I don't, that I don't know about. You maybe never that's know. It. Maybe he's maybe he's, he's left you and he's not going to do it anymore. <laughs> maybe that would be very upsetting. Um, so, Gary, tell us a little bit about uh, who you are and what you do in kind of a blind date Silla style which will mean nothing to any of the listeners from the US but never mind uh, I, I'm the co-founder of a company called Bubble Cow we um, are an editorial services company we basically provide um, editing copy editing proofreading ebook conversion that kind of stuff um, for mainly self-published writers um, we've been going for a number of years now um, we basically try and provide the kind of services that will help writers to get their books published. Uh, we blog a lot. We do a lot of social media stuff. We're, we're quite vocal about that kind of stuff. Um, really trying to give writers a voice and, and trying to direct them in the best possible way forward to sell as many books as possible and to make self-publishing as viable an option as, as it can be. And you're a writer as well, of course. I am indeed a writer. I write uh, history books for kids, Um I've got a number of books. I've got more than 20 books in print. Um, so I sort of split my life between the two. Um, my wife, Caroline, who, who's the other co-founder of Bubble Cow, is also a writer. Um, she writes real books. She writes fiction. So, yeah, we, we've, we've kind of got a foot in both camps. We, we, we're in a unique position where we can see um, all, sides of, all sides of it. We, you know, we, know, we know a lot of publishers and agents, but we also know a lot of writers and self-publishing companies so we, we get this this unique view that allows us to kind of filter all of the noise and hopefully give the kind of the right advice at the right time all right that sounds like a pretty good way of uh, describing bubble cow the blog as well i mean that's how i uh, stumbled across uh you a couple of years ago uh when i was starting out with right for your life it, it was it was the fact that i found quite quickly when i was searching the blogosphere there was quite a lot of um, am I allowed to say nonsense? I suppose so. It's my, it's my podcast. <laughs> you can say whatever you want, yeah. <laughs> but um, you know, there's quite there's a, there are there are a heck of a lot of writing blogs. But having sort of done the MA and kind of having a bit of you know knowledge myself, I kind of know. I like to think a decent website when I see it, and I, I knew straight away that your advice was pretty much bob on and uh, and continues to be. Oh, thank you. Well, we've we've always tried to. Um, only really post stuff that that we think is of real value and that that's really been our watchword throughout and um you know we have quite a strong mailing list where we we only try to post um tips and hints and advice that we are confident will work you know it's there's so much like you said there's so much noise out there it's, it's trying to cut through it with the stuff yeah, and I was talking to Mike last week in uh, in last week's episode about blogging and about uh, blogging and uh, integrity and and being able to uh, kind of stand by whatever you put out there. So can you stand by every post? That was my kind. Of, I had this big long. You may, I'm sure you didn't listen to it, but you had, I, I actually did. No, I actually did. Yeah, so it was this long rant, as you know, about um, about uh, formulate blog posts and that kind of thing, and that's. Um, 
you know, that really isn't uh, the case uh, with Bubble Cow at all. Because she... I think you've always got to be be looking to find your voice and, and, and the way, you know, to speak with real honesty and integrity about what you've got to say. But, you know, you have to be interested and you have to work hard to make it, you know, exciting and, and, and valuable to the readers. I think that's your duty as a, as a, as a blogger. If, if it's boring, then, you know, it just dies on the internet. No one reads it. It's true, and if it's terrible advice that's kind of based on based on absolutely no sort of experience or um, or, or kind of you know knowledge of, of the subject, then it's actually, in my opinion, quite can be quite harmful to new writers who are sort of looking you know reading your post and maybe uh, don't have the experience to know any better. Well, one one thing that I found is extremely useful for the way our business is set up is that we speak to a lot of writers and a lot of self-published writers, and we can listen for the trends. We can. You know, we can speak to writers, and, and, and one me- one will mention one thing, and then we can we can talk to another writer and, and mention the same thing. So slowly, we can start to see these things that work come through. You know, and a good example is um, I've been speaking to a, a lot of writers recently about their Amazon uh, page um, and how to optimize. I'm sure there's some blog posts coming to this, but how to optimize it. You know, and for example, one of the tips that that one of the writers gave me was that. Um, the English, the UK Amazon sites um, and the American Amazon site don't have the same reviews. So if someone leaves a, a good review on your English site, the American site can't see it. So what he was doing was cutting and pasting out the good reviews and putting them into his product description, which does show in the American. I see. That's quite a good idea. The Americans are then seeing this this good review in the product description. You know, little tips like that, I think, go a long, long way. But I wouldn't have known that unless I'd asked five or six writers, you know, what are you doing that no one else is doing? Don't tell me all the stuff, you know. What are you doing that's special? And I think it's the same in iTunes, actually, just for the record, because we've... Uh uh, I've recently found out that the reviews for this podcast there are different ones for the US iTunes store and uh, other other reviews uh, by completely different people for the UK store. So I, I think it's the same for um, iBooks, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Well, we are going to be talking about self-publishing, um, and that's because um, you know what you're doing. As you say, you're on top of all this much more than I am. Um, and uh, there's a, a phrase that you used recently that's uh, caused a bit of a commotion, and that's um, that self-published writers are pioneers. And I think, I think the word was kerfuffle. I used in my, in my email. <laughs> Absolutely, a kerfuffle and a commotion. It was indeed. Um, uh, so you, you say that self-published writers are pioneers, and it's their duty to be amazing. Yes. I think I would personally, even though I'm a uh, what, what you would call a traditional author, or I've gone down the traditional route, I would agree entirely with both of those sentiments. But um, maybe well, you can th- explain what you mean. This came from this all came from a conversation I had with a writer called Mark Sennon, whose whose book we edited. It's it's called Touch, um, who's uh, a bestseller now in the Amazon charts. Uh, and I, we'd had a number of conversations about what he was doing to make his book uh, sell so well. Uh, and one thing that kept coming up time and time again when I was talking to him was he was saying that, you know, you have to do everything possible to make your book as best as it possibly can be. You know, that, that self-published, self-published writers start at, on the back foot in that people have this uh, expectation, a negative view of them. Uh, and that, you know, because they're on this back foot, they have to work so much harder um, to, to be on a level playing field. And he started with this thing. He said, look, you just have to be amazing. You have to make sure everything in, in, in the process is amazing. 
So it really developed from there. Um, and I think that, that sort of three things have come together, especially this year, um, that, that's made this, this sort of statement of them being pioneers. So, for example, um, the first thing is that the technology uh, has made e-reading um, a really viable option. Uh, and by that, I'm, I mean, you know, a combination of uh, affordable e-readers with the Kindle or, um, or wh- whichever format you want. You know, you, you don't have to spend all the money on an iPad. You can spend you know, a relatively small amount and buy a decent e-reader. Um, we're also seeing developments in technology on the e-reading software with EPUB. We've got EPUB 3 coming which is allowing you know good solid um, ebooks to be produced. So that technology has made the reading experience um, a viable option. Uh, we're also the second thing we're seeing is that readers are embracing self-published writers. They are they are buying and reading and reviewing books that are from self-publishers. There doesn't seem there seems to have been this shift where they're almost saying, "Go on then, let, let, what have you got? Let, let's see what you've got." Um, and I think the third thing, and this is really important, is that Amazon make it stupidly easy for self. In fact, they they, they open the gates for self-publishers. If you look at the um, for the iPad, the Apple may, um, only allow writers to um, submit through third-party aggregators like Smashwords, um, whereas Amazon want you to. They actively encourage you to set up your own account and upload. Um, that gives you direct access to that that Amazon page and they really do want self-published writers to do as well as possible. And if you look in the charts, you're seeing self-published writers doing really well. Um, so the th- those kind of three things has, has produced this golden age for self-publishers. You're in a situation now where it is genuinely a level playing field. And in fact, uh, the, re- the fact that self-publishers have the ability to set their own pricing is actually giving them a little bit of an advantage um, so that's kind of the situation we're in. But but this thing about being amazing is that I feel that this is an opportunity that self-publishers have got to get right. This, is, this isn't going to go on forever. Um, there is still um, some subpar self-published books being produced. And each time a reader buys one of these and comes across it poorly edited, bad cover, typos, all this, it kind of chips away at that confidence that, 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 that they've given to the self-publishers. So I feel that it is the duty of self-publishing writers to be amazing, but not only to be amazing, they have to produce a community that is encouraging other self-publishers to, to almost be self-regulating, to make sure that the, the material that's going out there is as high a quality as possible. If we don't do this, if we don't continue to be amazing, there will become a time where the the reputation that self-published books have started to develop will be diminish and and you know, we'll go back to the bad old days. You say that, that, sorry. <laughs> no, that's right. You say, uh, you say that there's, that there are still some, uh, kind of below par, uh, or sort of badly edited or not edited at all. Um, self-published books. Is yeah. That, is that kind of, uh, is that the right word to use? Is it because some implies, you know, the, the majority, well, maybe it doesn't imply, but you know, you could argue that that suggests that there is that the majority of, uh, self-published books are now actually really well edited. Is that the case, or is the is the percentage still much more the opposite way around? I can only go by what we've seen. I think my, my, the, anecdotal evidence for me is that that self-published writers are becoming aware of the importance of of decent pre-production, of decent copy editing, editing, and um, proofreading. 
the thing I always say is that, that publishers are, are so tight-fisted. If, if this kind of stuff wasn't essential, they wouldn't be doing it. Um, I'm, I'm sure you're going to find this when you go down into, your, into the, the world with your publisher. But, you know, they don't want to spend money where they don't need to spend it. And if they are splashing out for editing, it is essential, you know. But, but in, in general, yes, I, I do think we are seeing a general rise in quality. Well, it kind of makes sense, doesn't it? If you think about the traditional publisher, the things that all the things that they do, that, uh, that there are going to be some of them that they do for a reason. And editing editing a book is obviously a big one. So you would it kind of makes sense for someone who's self-publishing their book is to kind of look at the traditional model and say which bits are kind of essential to make this book as good as it can possibly be, and which bits are the bits where I'm at an advantage. So, for instance, like pricing and being able to get it out there, you know pretty much immediately so and that's what we've tried to do at bubble Cow. we've tried to we've tried to produce a service that mimics the traditional approach but is molded um, for self-publishers if that makes sense absolutely it does make sense it was interesting what you say uh, i think it was point two about readers that readers having embraced self-publishing yeah so i think and again of course this is inevitably um, anecdotal as well but I guess I've kind of for what because I'm I guess because I'm I you know I write uh, write for your life on online I'm part of the writing community online I, I think um, so I'm I'm aware of what's going on I'm aware of the fact that self publishing is obviously increasing in popularity um, and obviously I'm also aware of the difficulties of the of the publishing industry uh, in general but I think up until fairly recently I still thought that there was still to be a breakthrough where people read, you know, just your ordinary, everyday person uh, read a self-published uh, book. Now, I'm, I'll get on to this. I know that I know that this is, I know that this is stupid, so I'm coming on to that. <laughs> but the, way, the 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 point at which I really realised I'm being utterly deluded here, it was uh, when would it be? Not that long ago. It was my nephew's birthday, and um, so and so. Crikey, let me try and work out how the relations work. So my brother's father-in-law um right. he said to me he's you know he's a, a lovely bloke um he likes to take the mickey out of me and uh, most people actually and uh, <laughs> he said to me so well, i'm not seeing you on the bestseller list so this was obviously pre my uh, pre my announcing my publishing deal he says i've not seen you on the bestsellers list yet and uh, says actually i've happened to be uh, have a book coming out uh, in the next uh, few months it's uh, it's all actually happening and um, he says, "Well, how much will it cost?" And I said, "Oh, I don't know. You know, six ninety nine, seven ninety nine, maybe a bit more. <laughs> depends on, depends on uh, you know where you buy it and that kind of thing." And he says, oh, "I was on holiday the other day. Got my Kindle, ninety nine p. This book, fantastic." Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and I suddenly it was like a real sort of moment where I thought, "He's just an everyday person. I mean, he might he he, he likes thrillers and, and crime, <sighs> crime novels and that kind of thing. So maybe he isn't my personal demographic. You know, writing my." you know, hoity-toity literary fiction. I think, I think there's two things there. I mean, the first is that um, the Amazon, which is, which is the, the, the gorilla in the, in the market at the moment, mm. um, the Kindle allows you to download samples for free, and, and books live and die on the samples. Yes. You know, yeah. So it, it's, a, it's, a no, it's a no-brainer, is it? You, you download the first section, you read it. If you like it, you buy it. If you don't like it, you don't buy it. You know, and if, if they're all things equal, you know, if it's edited and there's no typos and blah, 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 you know, self-publishers do sit on the same level as, as, as published authors, as traditionally published authors. You know, there's no doubt about it. The other thing that's interesting, though, is you, is you talk about this 99p thing. Mm. Uh, I, I think my personal view on this is that 
you know, the, it, 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 the pricing isn't is 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 essential and it is an issue, you know, because you're not making much on each book at 99p. Well, Amazon's taking 70% of the cut, so I think it's 70%. So you you know you're not you're not making a huge amount. And I do think there has got to be a conversation debate revolution over over ebook pricing. Um, so do you and, think that that's too cheap? Are you saying that there needs to be more you need there needs to be more value effectively? Uh, I'm saying this, I think that writers um, would be better off, self-published writers would be better off as a community if they were able to sell their books into the threshold where they were getting the 70% and Amazon were getting the 30 That's my view. Yeah. Uh, I think they would be making more money than all, all of the, you know, the, 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 the issue I get a lot um, with people looking to get their books edited is it's not cheap. You know, you, you're paying a highly skilled person to edit your book. That isn't a cheap process. And, you know, they'll say, how can we afford to sell you know, how can we afford to come to you and spend, spend that money when we're not sure the book will make that money back? And I think if, if we're in a, in a situation where e-books are selling at a slightly higher rate, then, you know, it's an, it's an, easier, it's an easier equation. And what do you think? Because the money is uh, a bit of a bugbear of mine, because I, I, <laughs> I, you may have heard. But I, I get, I get a, a bit frustrated when, when, it, when I read uh, or, or hear or however I come across uh, people who are self-publishing and all they talk about is money. That's that's kind of almost every blog post they write, or or yeah. every or it's all everything that they everything that they say. Everything in the comments thread is always the context is always money that you should self publish because look, you can make more money. And yeah. I find it, and, and I think that maybe I'm, and, I, and I've said this before and admitted that I think maybe I'm a bit old fashioned with this, but it's never for me. It's never been that big a deal obviously I'd love to have sort of a six figure uh, publishing deal but it's never been that big a deal to me to not to, for that not to happen just because well, one I'm realistic but also because the work has kind of been I've always felt like that's needed to be the, the most important thing is there do you feel like there's a bit of a there's a potential problem in the self-publishing community that I think that's the focus a lot of the time I think you've you've touched on a very interesting point that that I know that internally we've talked about a bubble count a number of times um, we do work with a lot of writers. In fact, I spoke to one today that that don't care about the money. They they write books that are perhaps um, not commercial enough to attract a big publisher. Um, you know, they would never really get a book deal. But there is enough market and there's enough value in the book to make it worth their while. So that they, you know they would have slipped through the fingers of of the of the agents and the publishers, but they're still going to publish. And money's not really the issue. They just want their message out there. Um, but there is a significant proportion, a significant portion of uh, self-published writers who look at the figures and think, I can make more money doing this than I can publishing traditionally. And if you're selling three or 4,000 books a year, you probably will make more money self-publishing than you will going through a traditional publisher. Mm. It's long and short of it. <laughs> yeah, you know. no. It's, it's, I think I think my, I, I've really I've really have tried to analyse why I've got a problem what, with what, it, what it is what, that I find difficult. What value do you think that publishers are going to be offering in the future to a writer? What 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 value does your publisher offer you? Well, for me, it's still it's the uh, editorial process is is always been you know I've desperately wanted. I've always tried to acknowledge that my novel can be better. And I think that that's why I've ended up with a novel that I'm, in the end I'm really happy with and I can stand behind and, and, and got a, a deal and all that kind of thing. So that's why I've always wanted to have a traditional uh, uh, deal just because I wanted that process. But at the same, at the same time, I kind of, um, 
I, I, I've always wanted my book in a bookshop. I've always wanted to, I, and I've, I want to chat with Mark Lawson on Radio 4. Now, these things aren't just going to happen for me. I know yeah. that, but I'd like them to possibly happen. And at the moment, that is still the way to go. But I'm not daft enough to not realise that in four or five years' time, that the world is, well, I think, you know, I think even less. To, to, to be honest, I can't think of a, a, of a, of a self-publishing novel that's really broken into the literary circles. Of, uh, you know, I'm yes. sure it will at some point. The, yeah, there is also uh, that. The fact that I write literary fiction, I think, is also quite a big uh, factor. I know, I know my wife, I know my Caroline with her books. Uh, she's with HarperCollins. She's found attracting uh, large media, broadsheet media and TV media, radio media, much, much easier because of the fact that she's with HarperCollins. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. Um, so you know, but that that I think that's the question that is it, that's in the air is uh, what is it that publishers will be offering um, writers as as the as the market develops? Yeah, I don't, I don't think anyone knows the answer to be honest. No, it's uh, these are crazy times. <laughs> Expertise is the answer, of course. Yes, I, and that's that's what I meant really when I said when I say the editorial process kind of you know you've wondered, I've, I, and of course they would. The other option is, is is effectively what you offer, isn't it? Is you offer that same kind of professional service. It's just that you don't then go on and do the rest of the the, the publishing process, I guess. Yeah. But you make the book, um, uh, uh, as, uh, you know, better, frankly, and, and and that's kind of. Well, if you look at the if you look at the people providing services, you know, be it editing or or cover design or ebook conversion or whatever marks and even these are people that actually work with publishers as well you know the, these are the same people as, as you are finding in publishing houses you know often it's a crossover so you know that that is something that's going to be less and less of an issue but i just find it interesting to see how the, the, the how the two worlds are going to match and separate and and, and how that's going to happen it is fascinating. I mean, you talk about, just to go back to the idea of being amazing. What is it that? What does a self-published writer need to do to be amazing? It's. It's. I, I think I know what you mean by that. But can you just kind of elaborate <laughs> I, I'm, on what, what you? What I, it needs I'm to not do? so much talking amazing in their writing, though. Obviously, that that isn't it. That is, you know, it goes without saying, doesn't it? That that a rubbish book is a rubbish book, and it doesn't really matter what you do with it. Once it hits those reviews, you, that's going to uh, that's going to it's going to shine through, isn't it? If your story's not good enough, your story's not good enough, and it doesn't matter what you do with it. Uh, but assuming that your writing and your story is good enough, and that, that you know, I think self-publishers need to, to uh, embrace the craft of writing. They need to, to ensure that they understand how to write well. You know, I think most do. Um, but for me, being amazing is every possible thing you can control. You make sure it's the best it can be. So. Um, the the way that Mark Sennon put it to me was that everything that you can do that that a publisher can do you've got to make sure you do better. So he said to me, you know, his ebook conversion because uh, he's technically gifted was 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 the best it could possibly be. He'd been in there and he polished it up and he'd worked really really hard on it. You know, your cover design shouldn't be, you know, something your cousin's done on Photoshop. It should be, you know, a professional cover design artists should be looking and, and you know at least have a discussion with them about what kind of thing you should be doing you know all of these things just just need to be as good as they can be which is a, a sentence very similar to what i kind of peddle all the time on uh, right for your life is is kind of you know make sure that your book is as good as it can possibly be before you for you send it anywhere it doesn't matter what route you take yeah well yeah well it goes without saying doesn't it i think i think you're correct <laughs> 
Um, so, uh, in, in, uh, amazing. It's kind of a, it's kind of a, an interesting, <laughs> an inter interesting kind of uh, concept. Are there any kind of um, any kind of rules or kind of things that you would recommend people don't do? Is there an, is there a temptation to rush something out? Um, and is is kind of being amazing? Is that something that maybe takes a little bit of time to uh, achieve? Yeah, without a doubt. I mean. It's, it is something that you've got to um, – the, the, the writers that I've worked with that have, have done the best, who have sold the most, who, who have really made an impact are the ones that are not, are, are not going to rush into it until they're happy. You know, there's got to be a point where you've got to deliver and you've got to publish, but yeah. you know, at every step possible, they've spent as much time and effort as possible in getting it right, you know, speaking to people – reading you know all of these things are done you know with the goal of making it the best it can be yes and again yeah. it's again it's it, i i mean these things aren't the kind of they're, they're not kind of um hard to figure out really are they they seem no. they seem kind of obvious almost well i mean uh, let me give you an example so for for um the uh amazon page your your amazon page yeah you know that it doesn't take long to go looking uh, and reading blogs and, and, and speaking to people. And there's a number of things you can do that can, uh, you know, help your book along. Like you said, with this tip with reviews, yeah. you know, and um, making sure that your book is classified in the correct genre, but yes. also into a subgenre because then, um, it, you know, it appears no one really knows, but it appears that if you can hit the top hundred sales in Amazon in any category, they seem to spur you on, you know, you, you start to get recommended by the Amazon system, their model, you know. So if your book can be placed in, it's easier to be in the top 100 of a subgenre than it is to be in the main section. Yeah. So, you know, if you can do that, then, you know, it really is, is, is helping you out. But little things like that are, are, are where the, the effort should be placed. Yeah, absolutely. I think, actually, I think I'm actually going to be in quite an interesting position just uh I mean, we talked briefly uh, before we started off air about uh, about you know my uh, publishing deal with Legend and, and and what have you. I think that I'm in a fairly interesting position because Legend aren't a giant publisher with a huge sort of uh, machine behind them that I'm kind of just one very tiny cog in. It means that they can be really agile, and it means that they can get my book out this year, and it means that they can really focus on me and 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 I know, I know that they care. I've got you know. It's it, you know it feels it feels like it's a really kind of um, I don't know it feels like a really sort of swift kind of process in a, in yeah. a really kind of positive way which I've really enjoyed so far. Um, yeah, like I said, you get to be a big fish, a big fish in a small pond. Uh, I guess so. And, and, no. and at, the, at the same time, though, of course, because they because they are a, a smaller independent publisher, it means that they don't have a giant budget to spend on marketing. But actually, yes. that's kind of that's kind of I would hope one of my uh, one of the things that I could actually bring to the to the book anyway uh, myself, just because I've got the blog and all these things that you're talking about, is that there's no reason why they can't apply to me as well. I the way that a self-published author might um, promote their book, for instance, something like a blog tour. You don't see many literary. You don't see Salman Rushdie, for instance, doing a blog tour. No, yeah. but I'm in a but position. Could, I would have him on the voice. <laughs> he can be brilliant. He, he can come and write if you like anytime. Salman, if you're listening, yeah. you're more than welcome. I don't think you always. No, I don't either. Um, but 
because uh, and part of the reason, um, and it's not just Salman Rushdie, it's other sort of you know much lesser known um, literary authors. They you know, they perhaps aren't aware of this kind of writing community and this or, or reading community as well that's that's online. But I'm because I'm already kind of part of that. I feel like I could sort of ring up a few or, you know, email a few people that I kind of, like you, I guess, I could ask very politely whether I could write a guest post or whether I yeah. could have an interview on your on your, on your your website and that kind of thing. And these are all things that a self-published author would typically do. Um, but I feel like I'm in quite an interesting position. I'm going to be responsible for a lot of my own marketing and yet I have a traditional deal where I'm going to have gone through a proper, a proper, that's not the right word, but a more traditional editing process. And, I think um, you'd be surprised that even even the big publishers, the, mm. there isn't a huge amount of, of marketing money washing about. And I think any successful writer has to do their fair share of, of self, self-promotion. Yes. There's just no way around it. Unless they are Salman Rushdie. Unless they are, yeah. I bet he doesn't, though. He's on Twitter, him. though, now, isn't he? Is he? Really? Should we tweet him and see if he'll come on the blog? Oh, brilliant. <laughs> that would be excellent. It would be. We should do it. I don't think I've got any chance because you sound really posh with your accent. I sound really scally with my it's scouse f- accent. So I think you'll go on your blog now. It's funny you should say that. I um, uh, Who was it? Someone, uh, I was a relative of some sort, listened to the podcast for the first time. And they said, you're putting your posh voice on there, aren't you, for that podcast? <laughs> well, I'll put your posh voice on. <laughs> and I do kind of, and Mike says It wasn't the thing. voice you had before we spoke. But it's it? not. And I don't, know, I don't know why I do it. I do, it does seem to happen naturally. I think I try and enunciate. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I just, I just uh, you know, just a northern lad with a slightly... Derbyshire accent normally. That's <laughs> right, But yeah, anyway. All right, well, that's kind of, that's almost exactly our half an hour. So I think I'm going to leave it there with the proviso that you come on uh, again in the future and talk to us, perhaps with Mike involved as well. Um, I, I would be delighted to talk about any of these subjects. I mean, I think that, like I said from the start, I, I see myself as in this, this, this unique position where we can, I, I see myself as almost a conduit for all these, these things. The more people I can speak to, the more trends I can see, then the more information I can push back out into the community. And I think that's the one thing I wanted to finish with really is that, you know, this is a community of writers and we do need to be self-regulating. We do need to ensure that, you know, we have a passion for what we do and we see this as pioneers for the long term. You know, hopefully in a generation's time, we won't have a self-published traditional publishers, but it'll just be writers. You know, it'll be that, that, that's my dream. I have a dream of that. And there's no better way to end a podcast than with a dream. (laughs) Isn't. <laughs> so um, Gary where can we find you online um, bubblecow.net is, uh, is where we uh, is our website if you want to go there um, or at bubblecow on twitter uh, they're probably the best places to start Okay, but we're just about everywhere really if you go looking <laughs> if you look hard enough it's not hard bubble cow bubble cow it's not really hard no it's the advantage of having a distinctive name which I'm, yeah. I'm kind of well I'm fortunate that I have a distinctive name in the sense that it means I can get my domain name and I can always get my handle on whatever new social media uh, turns up. But at the same time, it has meant that I have to buy all the variations for my own That's domain true. name as well, so it costs a fortune. But you can find me on writeforyourlife.net, uh, which is the blog of the podcast, and uh, on Twitter at uh, Ian Broom, I-A-I-N-B-R-O-O-M-E. And uh, next week, uh, all being well, it'll be post-Easter, and Mike will be back from his expedition into the forest of Apple products or whatever it was that I made up at the start of the podcast. Only if he still loves you. I hope, well, hopefully he will. I hopefully he will. I think it's a fairly uh, cemented bond that we have now. <laughs> hopefully. Uh, hopefully, indeed. And, um, and thanks very much for listening, and um, we'll speak to you next time.
Brilliant. Thanks, Ian. Bye now. Cheers.